Assalamu alaikum listeners. Welcome back to Unity FM 93.5. This is Kathleen with you on Parenting Hour. We are here with Faiza talking about domestic abuse that happens and isolation within this time at the moment that we're all in lockdown. Um, we're calling it lockdown here. In Ireland, they're calling it cocooning. So it's a different terminology. And I kind of like the, the cocooning uh, terminology, actually, because it sounds like that when we come out of this, we're all going to be transformed and flying away into beautiful butterflies and uh, different people. And inshallah, we will all be better when we come out of this. And uh, we won't have any negative effects, inshallah, from this lockdown period. This evening, though, we're talking about a very serious topic. And we're talking about the help that's out there for anybody that is suffering from domestic abuse. Um, and we've, we've broke that down actually into the different sections. Maybe we worked while, while we're just, uh, before we talk about different safety planning, if we can just revise or review what we spoke about in the first part again about the, the breakdown of domestic abuse, because it's not just the violence which we're going to continue talking about, but it is other things. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was talking about uh, domestic abuse and the definition of domestic abuse is not just physical abuse. So it includes emotional abuse, um, psychological abuse, financial or economic abuse, harassment and stalking, online and digital abuse. Um, and we haven't spoken about that yet in terms of online or digital abuse. And I think right now, um, with everyone at home online, that may be something also which we may see more calls on on the Muslim Women's Network helpline. Um, and we also spoke about coercive control. Now, coercive control is domestic abuse. It's, it's where an act or pattern of acts is used to assault, threat, humiliate, or intimidate. Um, it could be used to punish or frighten a victim of domestic abuse. And essentially, it's all about controlling behavior. We know that abuse is about an abuse of uh, power and control. But with coercive control, it's designed to make a person dependent on the perpetrator by isolating them from support, exploiting them, depriving them of, of their independence, and regulating their everyday behavior. So if you think about the situation we're in right now with lockdown, actually that's, more, that's easier for a perpetrator to do to an individual, to a victim of abuse. Um, so really we're saying right now that as friends and family, we need to look out for one another. And yes, we can't see each other physically, you know, in close proximity, but we can check in with those around us who may be in need. And I think the message that I really want to get out is organizations like the Muslim Women's Network and the service we run is open. The MWN helpline is open, Women's Aid is open, Refuge is open, and we're here to support those who are in abusive situations. We recognize that being at home right now with an abuser may not be a nice place to be right now. Being in this lockdown situation is going to exacerbate people's experiences of abuse. So I guess the message, Kathleen, today is seek support, seek help, because help is available. And if you are in immediate danger, contact the police, you know. And if you know anyone who's in immediate danger and is experiencing abuse, contact the police. 
<clears throat> Thank you for for reviewing that. You mentioned online there as, as something mm. maybe on the increase. Um, how would that look like online? What would that feel like or look like to people? So online abuse is, you know, there are many forms um, of online abuse and often, you know, harassment can happen. So some of us are on social media more than others. So it could be constant messaging. It could be also controlling what you do online. It could be, um, you know, it could be sending images which only you and that person may have access to. Um, you know, on the MWN helpline, we've even had, you know, individuals who, we had a, a, a young girl who was at college and the person threatening her was threatening to show the, her family photos of her standing next to a guy at college. You know, nothing had happened between them. She was just literally standing next to him uh, in a photo. And, but he knew that her family would not have been happy with that. Um, but then we talk about other forms of abuse where sexual images are taken. Women, you know, if um, the woman is uncovered, she doesn't have a headscarf on, she may not be fully clothed. We've heard all of these stories and those things happen um, and are used as a form of abuse. And within our communities where honor and, you know, shame and honor is used, it's an additional, an additional form of control and harassment which happens. Because mm. yeah, people don't always understand those abuses. And I'm glad you've mentioned them. I've come across some people saying that, uh, oh, my partner doesn't like me wearing things. Or when I come down, he says, no, go change into this dress or yeah. Here, put, go put makeup on for me. And it, it, it's uh, and wear this and wear that. So it is. It's a bit more than just uh, that normal, loving kind of relationship where you're kind of uh, putting on makeup and and having that nice talking together. It is. No, you need to do this. I don't like you in this. And when they do this, no, I don't want this either. And they go keep after them to change what they're wearing or even mm -hmm. their looks. They don't even like the way they're looking. Yeah, I think control and abuse. Um, you should always ask yourself the question, what would happen if I said no? If you said no and there were no consequences, well, that's okay. But if you said no and that had consequences, whether it's an argument, whether it's physical abuse, whether you were kind of, you know, you, your mobile phone was taken off you, um, there's so many things that that could happen. So ask yourself the question, what would happen if I say no? Um, and if there is a negative consequence, I would suggest really thinking about the relationship that you're in and really thinking about whether it is a healthy relationship or not, or whether it's a relationship where there is significant power imbalance and there's a lot of control happening. Wow. So there's a lot there to think of. So listeners, I hope you're absorbing all of this in the scene and that I'm afraid there's a lot of information for you, which has... We were saying there's a lot of information out there on the websites as well. So you can go to the Muslim Women's Network website and just look up some of this again if, you're, if it's a lot to absorb. Um, we, we were talking there before the break about safety planning. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it sounds horrific that we need to talk about something like this, but it's important. 
Can you kind of break down what is safety planning and who should be doing this? So if you are in a situation where you do not feel safe, what we're saying to you today is seek support and get help and you can get help to leave your situation. Um, you may feel that it's particularly difficult right now. You may be worried about having to leave your home in this coronavirus situation, um, in this emergency situation. So safety planning is really about thinking about um, what would you do if you needed to leave? What, what would you need in order to leave also? Um, to start with, you could pack an emergency bag for you um, and even your children, if you have children, um, and keep it somewhere safe, whether that's in your home, just outside your home, with a neighbor, with a family member. This could include stuff like medication, ID documents, money, your, any cards that you have, and essential clothing for you or your children. Now, this is you know, an emergency pack. So you don't need to pack a massive suitcase. You don't need to put in lots of clothes. If you were to leave, there are organizations out there who can support you to get you a whole new wardrobe if you needed that. This is about getting you to safety. So what do you need in an emergency situation to leave? So medication, ID, your money or cards, and essential clothes for you and your children would be something that you would pack in, in this bag. What about ID if you, um, there's a lot of people might not have their passport or the perpetrator might hold on to that. So actually they may not be able to take an ID, a driving license or a passport and have that with them. You're, you're right. Abusers often control those documents because they know how important it is. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have access to it and you're not going to be able to get it, then leave without it. Your safety is paramount. You can apply for a new passport. You can apply for a new bank account. There, yes, it will take time, but in that time of applying, emergency support. So the Muslim Women's Network have something called our hardship fund. Our hardship fund is for those who are leaving, uh, uh, you know, and are in crisis situations and would need help getting some of the stuff that they need immediately. We do it. Other organisations do it. Um, across the country. So if you can't get your hands an ID and it's not safe for you to try and get it, then I would say don't get it. Just leave your situation and make sure that you're safe. And where would they put this small bag of things? Yeah, so, so like I said, you know, there's, it needs to be accessible so that if you needed to leave immediately, you, you know, you weren't kind of looking for it around the house. It needs to be somewhere. It could be in the house, but it needs to be accessible so that if you needed to leave, that you could leave straight away with it. Um, you know, people have left it um, in where their bins are. You know, some people have like a little caddy, you know, uh, where their bins are enclosed and they leave it there. Or they could just leave it in the alleyway next to their house. Or they could leave it with a neighbor. Um, or with a family member so that if you needed it, um, you know, that bag could be accessed. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good point indeed. And if they, they had this ready, at what point should they be thinking, okay, now this is time I need to go? What should they do when they start thinking, when those thoughts start coming into their mind? What was the first thing they should do? 
Look, I would definitely say that when you're safety planning, um, think about your safety immediately. It may be that right now things are okay. You're having a calm few days with the abuser, your partner, um, and and actually that's a good time to do some safety planning and get kind of everything ready for your departure. But you may not have the luxury of time. Your life may be in danger right now and you need to leave. Um, so, so for each individual, it will be very different. Um, and so there's not just, you know, safety planning is really about figuring out what do you need right now? Do you have access to a car? Can you get to safety? Um, are you going to need to get a taxi? Do you have money to be able to do that? Um, so there's lots of steps. So the first thing I would do is definitely ask for support, phone a helpline, um, phone, um, you know, a friend, talk through and figure out a plan. Sometimes when you're in these stressful situations, it's not easy to think through these things in a logical way. Um, and it's really useful to speak to someone about it. Yeah, mashallah, that, that's really good information. And if then they were um, really thought, this is, okay, this is it now, I need to ring the police now, but I don't want to alert that I'm doing this because this is not quite right, but I'd say, what could they do in that situation? It's not safe because I mightn't even get to the end of the phone call if I have to talk to somebody or I might be left on hold. What could they do in that situation? If you are in immediate danger, I would say call the police on 999. Uh, when you call the police on 999, if you're not able to speak because it's not safe for you to do so, you need to press the numbers 55 while you're on the call. So you ring 999, you wait for the operator to answer, and then you click 55 on your keypad. When you've done that, that alerts the police that this is an emergency situation and they can then take action. Yeah. So this is a silent way of getting support to yourself. And the police response rates... Are they quite quick in a situation like this? Yes. I, you know, I think what we need to remember is that actually, yes, the police are stretched, but they definitely do a very good job of getting support. Police servers up and down the country are trained and understand domestic abuse much better than they ever have, you know. And so get help um, and get and 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 get safe, you know, often with, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking about an, an, an individual, a woman who's by herself, who needs to leave her situation. But if you have children and you need to get them to safety too, you know, I do think that we have a responsibility to ensure that our children are safe also. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, really important for you to seek help. Um, in terms of other safety advice, um, Things like your mobile phone. We've had cases where women um, have a mobile phone, but actually the abuser has put an app on their phone to track them. We also know on an iPhone, you can do, you know, find my iPhone, which is essentially a location tracker. So in terms of safety planning, if you are planning to leave, make sure that your location settings are switched off. And you're not checking in. I think I'm hoping people don't do this anymore because we know about the safety around it. Like on Facebook, you know, there was a trend where people used to check in when they got somewhere. Um, 
So not to do those things, because obviously that's publicly available. And if a person is watching your social media uh, content, then they'll be able to locate you quite quickly. So location settings, um, sometimes though, you may not know you have a tracker app on your phone. So I would say look through your apps and make sure you know what each app does um, and, and none of the locations. So if you go into the settings um, on your phone, whether it's an Android phone or an iPhone, you will be able to turn location settings off. Um, and I'd recommend you do that if you're planning to leave. Oh, that's really good advice. And where would they leave to? I mean, we're, we're picturing now somebody that has two kids that has a car has, or has access to a car, so she actually ha is able to drive away, but she's now got into the car, has this plastic bag of emergency things with her, but doesn't know where to go, or, or, and even maybe even freeze behind the wheel, thinking, what am I going to do next? The quickest and easiest place to go to is the police um, for help. They are, like I said previously, the police are trained um, in understanding what domestic abuse is about. Um, so if you're in the middle of the night and you're not sure where to go, find a police, you know, call, call the police or if you're in your car and you can get to a police station, get to a police station. What will happen then is you will be placed in temporary accommodation and then you can access longer term support in finding you um, either refuge space or other accommodation. If you're not leaving in a situation which is kind of something's happened and you've had to leave very quickly and you've been able to safety plan um, over a period of time, what you can do is ensure that your housing is sorted, you know, you've, the place that you're going to has space for you and your children. So it's worth calling a helpline, uh, finding they'll help you to find a refuge space for yourself or alternative accommodation and make sure that that's ready for you so that when you get there, you've got a place to stay. Great, so the importance there, the message, the important message we're getting out to our listeners is planning, the importance of planning and having a plan in place. So if you are a victim here that is tuned into this station this evening and listening about this, or you are somebody that knows of a victim, please get, looking at how to plan, contact the professionals and how to make that plan. Because each person is going to be very different. Each person will be a very different plan to have, different situations with children, with no children. What is it in the nighttime, daytime, what to do? To So we need to get that message out there to ring you as a helpline to try and put this plan in place. So before we end the show, what other tips would you give Indeed, if there is somebody listening in um, and they do know of a friend and they want to get some more knowledge, some tips about this to, to educate themselves really uh, before they educate or talk to their friend about it, what, what tips, what would you advise them out there? You know, I realize that we've been talking also about leaving your home. And it's not always necessary for you, if you are the victim of abuse, to leave your home, particularly if you have children. Um, you can contact the police about the abuse and the abuser can be arrested and removed from the property. To prevent that person coming back into the home, you can get something called a non-molestation order. That is essentially an injunction 
which prevents the person from entering your property. So for those of you out there who are thinking, actually, I can't leave my home. This is my life. This is my children's home. Um, I can't leave. You may not have to. And like I said, each situation is different, which is why I'm stressing as much as I can that try and speak to someone, speak to the Muslim Women's Network helpline, speak to other organizations, speak to the police and get yourself support. I would also say that if something happens, report to the police. I know we you know, don't always think they're going to help. Um, we don't always trust the police in our communities. Um, but if something is happening to you, it's really important to report it. And it may be that you report to the police for something called for information only. It may be that you want to make sure that the police are aware that someone's harassing you online. You want to make sure that the police are aware that there has been some level of abuse, whether it's emotional abuse, financial abuse. Um, and the police can record this information for information only. And then if things escalate, you can then you know, the, the police are aware of your situation. They can respond. They know what's happening and they can take the steps that they need to quicker. Well, that's very important information there to give our listeners. Thank you for that. And some tips around this time now of isolation where uh, we are all in a nice elation place. What should we be doing to uh, look after ourselves and our, our own mental health, even if there wasn't abuse happening, where we're all a little bit, uh, you know, overwhelmed by what's going on. Is there any tips that you could give us in the last few minutes? I'm sorry, we're just talking about that last few minutes, but uh, I think it's important to add in this and trying to see how we can better look after ourselves in general. Definitely. I think my, my message on that is speak to someone. So even if you're not in an abusive situation and you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed right now and money is an issue and you're worried about, you know, school schooling for your children and them not being in school um, and you're worried about finances, speaking to your friends and your family who are who you can trust or speaking to a helpline service can often just give you that space that you need so that you know you're not alone um, and you know you're not, you know, in this uh, situation where you're reacting, um, your reactions are, sometimes we doubt ourselves, you know, is it just me? Um, am I just not handling this properly? Chances are it's not just you. Chances are we're all experiencing some level of increase in anxiety um, and our mental health is suffering as a result of the situation we find ourselves in. So I would say seek support speak to someone, uh, find a helpline, find a listening service, um, and and really just share. I think the, the saying that a problem shared is a problem halved, I think is quite true. Um, but you want to make sure that the person that you're speaking to firstly is trusted, um, that, you know, if what you tell them you need to be confidential, that's why a helpline service, which is confidential and non-judgmental, is often a good space to be in. Um, like I said, there are many helplines open. The MWN helpline is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. And if you're not able to speak on the phone, you can email, you can web chat, and you can text us. Um, and if you call, contact us outside of the opening hours, we will reply to you once we're back at work between 10 and 4. Um, so get in touch, 
speak to speak to those around you speak to your family if you can um, and just stay safe I think the message for me today Kathleen is really that you don't have to be abused you don't have to stay in the situation yes the government guidelines adhere to them stay at home but if you're not safe at home then seek support and support is available wonderful thank you for that and and just before we go i just want to ask you what are you doing to look after your own mental health policy in this situation any tip there for us yeah alhamdulillah i think um structure is important routine is important um also go easy on yourself you know we all want to be super women <laughs> me first um we want to be super moms to our children um these are really strange times um so just take take stock um and go easy on yourself and know that you're doing the best that you can in the situation um and it's okay it's okay if the kids aren't schooled 9 to 3 every single day it's okay if they get bored it's probably good for them <laughs> if they get bored um and but i think having some level of a structure and a routine to the day um can really help Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been so useful talking to you this evening and so interesting. I've learned a lot myself indeed from you. Zaklah Khairn for giving up your time and getting the message out there to everybody. I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed it and learned as well. Enjoyment is not the correct word, but mm. it was very informative and the message there of looking after ourselves in this time and looking after others and keeping safe. Thank you for getting across that message. It's very important. Inshallah I hope all our listeners are doing that looking after themselves and keeping safe inshallah and until next week I'd like to just again thank you so much for coming this evening and thanking our listeners for tuning in and look after yourselves assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum